is Truth Talks. Careless Media. By grace alone, through faith alone, through scripture alone, and Christ alone, to the glory of God alone, this solar brother is not alone. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I am your solar brother, Buddy Boone, and here with me today is the super sleuth of the Truth Talks podcast and the Solar Brother podcast. His name is Mr. Kelly Gallagher. How you doing today, sir? I'm blessed. Good, man. So am I. Appreciate you uh, joining me today. Uh, Last time we were talking about a whole plethora of things uh, in the diaspora of the world. And uh, I just like using big words sometimes. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, yeah, so let's get jump right back into it. And I'm going to start this off with reading a scripture because we were talking about the Keswick theology uh, last time. And this is the scripture that I want to read. Philippians chapter two, verse 12 and 13. Therefore, my brother, uh, beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. First of all, that is one of the uh, one of my favorite ones. And the the uh, the two things is the fear and trembling, because it's like you're working out your soul salvation with fear and trembling, but for his good pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it's not about me. It's not pointing to me and what I want It's pointing to God's good pleasure. And uh, if you uh, are a man that comes to the uh, Bible study, uh, you hear this term joy, which is duty and delight. That's really what it is. It's the duty and delight. You're training yourself to godliness. You're working towards that, which is exactly opposite of what the Keswick theology says, because they will take justification where God makes you or makes it right, makes your salvation right, you know, makes you Jesus through Jesus makes you right with God. And then you don't work in godliness towards salvation. So you basically get a free ticket to heaven. And then there is this other level of Christianity that you uh, work yourself up to that says, well, now I'm going to dedicate my life to Christ and right. do God's work, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you said you had a scripture that you wanted to uh, start us off with as well. Yes. So I wanted to go into a very uh, mis quoted scripture mm-hmm. uh, in the word of faith movement and that would be John 14 14 or John 16 23 it appears uh, twice throughout um, Jesus speaking to his disciples um, so in John 14 14 uh, Jesus says if you ask me anything in my name I will do it mm-hmm. flip on over to John 16 23 we'll find very similarly, in that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. And if you even read verse 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Mm. Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what you got with that? Yeah, so uh, many... Uh, um. I think I think we need to understand this scripture rightly before we start pointing out the falsehoods of the word of faith movement. Um, and this uh, this scripture is is consistent with um, the, all of scripture. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, scripture is is cohesive. It's 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 consistent. There's no inconsistencies. Um, and in that, uh, we 
are to desire to please the Lord um, and not gratify our flesh. So that's just a little disclaimer from the beginning. Um, we're also uh, pointed to um, the scripture that I identifies rightly that um, our heart's desire will be given mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. But that, that heart desire, um, at what state are we in in mm-hmm. with that heart desire? What does our heart desire? Right. Um, and it's not our our sinful heart that desires the things of this world, but it's a, a heart that uh, is broken and contrite and seeks to please the Lord mm-hmm. that Christ will give you uh, everything according to his will. So you search the scriptures and you see um, pleads that, that David makes before the Lord, mm-hmm. um, like to create in me a clean heart, oh God. You see um, so many uh, other times in, in scripture um, where you see the God's will for our life in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, pray for those things. Mm-hmm. Pray for those things. Do not pray. Um, that you would receive uh, mansions and you know uh, sports cars mm-hmm. because those things in and of themselves are not things that are in scripture that are pleasing to the Lord. Right. Um, so it, it those scriptures are are very clear, but in the Word of Faith movement, um, we see these scriptures taken out of context to be a permission to receive anything you ask for. Anything. Anything you ask for, mm-hmm. but if you do not receive that, it's your fault because you don't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. You're not mustering up enough faith. You're not trusting the Lord enough. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it'll lead to a situation where you are uh, instructed to sacrifice something greatly, to sow a massive seed to mm-hmm. receive something great, mm-hmm. so that... Um, you know, this can be fulfilled according to the word of faith movement. That, that's so crazy. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that uh, if you read and hear Truth Talks podcast, context is king. Mm-hmm. So if you just literally read a few verses before and a few verses after, you understand what the scripture is actually saying. And this is Jesus speaking here. And if you go back to verse 12, truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do mm-hmm. and greater works than these he will do. Now, this is also uh, where we get the, oh, the, yeah. the healing and all this stuff. Well, Jesus healed the sick. He he made arms grow. He raised people from the dead. I should be doing greater works mm-hmm. than that. Now, watch this. Uh, verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Verse 15. Now, keep in mind, too, when these letters were written, when John wrote this, he didn't write chapter and verses. Chapter and verses are inserted for us. It was an afterthought. Uh, Right, for Mm -hmm. us so that we can be able to say, well, go to this Mm -hmm. particular book and go to this particular chapter and this particular verse. You know, otherwise, they would say, open it up to where God said, or John said, if you love me. You know, they would do it that way. But Mm -hmm. the very next verse, so I'm going to read this how Jesus would have said it. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more. Uh, but you will see me because I live. You also will live And that day. You will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father. Now, I want you all to understand what the context is of this entire verse. One, this is chapter 14. Mm-hmm. Jesus said in verse six, uh, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. Now, how do you know that you will be able to ask anything in his name and he will do it? Mm because you know the father right know the father in the way of just know who he is or know what he said yes now how do you know what will be given to you Mm. you got to know his word you got to know his word his word is already said what he's going to give it going to give to us so it's not a necessarily a thing of what we like physically possess Mm -hmm. it literally is the love is being shown here through him being the way, the truth and the life sacrificing his sacrificing his life for us. Like yeah. you go and read all the way through chapter 14, chapter 15, where he talks about, I am the vine. You are the branches and you mm-hmm. remain in me and my words remain in you. You know, you were bear much, bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. It, that is what he's asked. That's what he's talking about. That if you ask these things in my name, I will give. He explains mm-hmm. it. You literally have to just read what the words are. Right. But what a lot of pastors, preachers like to do is they like to just insert whatever that mm-hmm. thing is. Ask anything. Oh, that anything could be cars, clothes, you know, uh, 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 fame, fortune, mm-hmm. all these things. And now it's, it's like, time to insert the proof text. You right. Know, exactly. Yep. 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 Yeah. And and here it is. And then uh, uh, I remember uh, a pastor in Philly. He was talking about how reparations were a thing that he was getting. Black people were getting, and he was using the proof text of like the Israelites leaving captivity. And it's like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. Like, how can you even put that in there? Read the scripture and read it in its context, mm-hmm. and it tells you exactly what is being said there yeah um the problem is that and even for uh even for uh the 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 scripture i just read um there is uh there is a lot that's in there and and especially chapter philippians chapter 2 verse 4 let each of you look not only to his own interest but also to the interest of others Mm -hmm. have this mind among yourselves which is yours in jesus christ who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in likeness of men. Mm. That is the biggest sign that we've ever seen of someone humbling themselves to come into a body that can be killed, that Mm. can have aches and pains, that, you know... It's tired. Right. I can imagine Jesus, like... I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. if if I thank God I'm not Jesus. Right. <laughs> that sounds like an oxymoron, <laughs> but I'm glad because it's like, man, like he just humbled himself to the point that he he's he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he literally making the world revolve and somebody has to change his diaper. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that is some serious humbling of yourself. It's more humbling than a pastor driving a minivan <laughs> instead of a pickup truck. Like, that's way more humbling. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's funny. But it's like, yeah. like, wow, like, he did that, but people are taking his words and literally twisting them yep. to make people say, well, no, that's not what he said. He mm-hmm. said this instead. Yeah. And, uh, just reflecting on this, this was a, a point of my immaturity when I was new in the faith and um, I was being sucked in by a lot of charismatic uh, theologies and uh, methodologies. Um, and uh, I remember my intentions going to Scripture were not going to Scripture to understand Scripture, mm-hmm. but to get something out of it, mm-hmm. you know, to to be reading in Leviticus and take something extremely obscure, um, like not relating to my my immediate life and walk right now, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but relating to the construction of the tabernacle. <laughs> and I would pull something out of that and try to gain some kind of meaning from it so that I could have a profound teaching to present to my charismatic friends. Right, right. <laughs> and oh my goodness, how guilty I felt going back and reading Leviticus. Yeah. Cuz I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, I told oh. my I told my kids this joke yeah. the other day. Um and uh they're like, "Well, why don't I just open the Bible and start reading?" I was like, "That's not how it happens." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Here's an example." So, there was this guy that uh he's like, "I'm just going to read the Bible." And he opened the Bible, he closed his eyes, opened the Bible and pointed to a scripture. And the scripture mm-hmm. was Judas went out and hung himself. And then he closed the Bible, did the same thing, and then put his finger down on the page and then pointed, and it said, now go and do the same. Yeah. <laughs> My kids, crack it up, they never heard that before. It's like yeah. an old thing that you know yeah. I heard as I've heard a kid. MacArthur say that before, yeah. Right, so it's like it's like you just kind of just like just pulling something out because you have this word from God and you have this, this revelation from God. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about that is this. I, I cannot... I cannot point to uh, any prophecy that was done extra biblical that actually came true. Mm. That was not something that wasn't like, you know, uh, this, you know, like, you know, the pastor had something in his ear that he was listening or he read something beforehand. Mm. Like everything is staged because it's, it's extremely difficult to be as accurate. Like the scriptures, like Daniel saw that he was reading Jeremiah. He's like, "Oh wait, the seventy years is up. Like we're about mm-hmm. to we're about to be free." Yeah, you know, it's like how accurate are those things? And then and then you know, King Cyrus, like what he was doing, just putting people, you know, just just you know, releasing the Israelites, and like those things when they come down to like the exact thing mm-hmm. that happens, like you cannot be that accurate if right. you're not scripture. Like yeah. you can't be that accurate. No. So what? I see what happens is the charismatic movement and this becomes a part of just this, this, uh, this, this, uh, this overwhelming, uh, 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 majority of the pastors and Mm -hmm. well, the so-called pastors and ministers in the charismatic movement, they make the attention on themselves because of what they are actually able to do, Mm -hmm. not of what God can do, you know, God yeah. can mysteriously do something like he can mysteriously heal people. He, he could do those things if he so chooses. 
right. but not because of the influence of man. Yeah. Not because man tells him or instructs him to do something. Yeah, we, we can't command God around mm-hmm. to do anything according to our will. That's but, not our power. Yeah. But that's what's taught. That's what's in taught. the Word of Faith movement. That mm-hmm. is like the core central teaching is that our words uh, have that kind of power to where we can command spirits. Like we can talk to Satan and cast him out or we can talk to God and, and make him do something. That is so arrogant <laughs> to, is. to believe that we have Absolutely. that kind of um, authority or position before God. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's 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 amazing. But I think that the bigger the bigger issue really comes down to um, uh, the fact that it is pride. Mm-hmm. It's really pride because I want the attention on me. I want people to look at me. I want people to say these things yeah. about me. And I'm not just talking about like these charismatic pastors. I'm talking about us as as yeah. individuals. No matter what church you are, uh, what church you're in. Uh, no matter what you believe, you know, whether it be you believe in Jesus or you believe in Satan, uh, you know, and you're a Satan worshiper, you still, there's always this sin of pride that man overall, universally, you have to deal with. Right. But the problem is with charismatic that, you know, we're talking about how it's the, the food that is not just bad for you, but it's poisonous. Mm-hmm. then that just takes it a step further because you're using the scriptures to justify your yeah. sin, which is even worse. It's even more scary because yeah. um, it's I like think, endorsing it. The right. church is endorsing it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it, okay. So I'm going to read this. Uh, I'm going to read this uh, quote, which I thought was actually um, pretty good. I'm going to read this one last. Nope. This is, this is perfect. So this actually is from a book that you can actually get in our uh, our bookstore. It's called Sound Doctrine by this gentleman named Ben Hogan. And uh, it's actually a, a really good book. Um, you know, I'm not saying that because Ben's definitely not paying me uh, to say this, <laughs> just, just so you know. He's actually been on the podcast before, so you all know him. But definitely go grab his book, Sound Doctrine, on uh, on Amazon. It's a really good book. I'm going to read this 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 uh this passage or this this small uh piece that I have highlighted. And this has to do with not just the ministers in the church but also uh the worship leaders and all that stuff. This is this is really good. Many worship leaders then have become brands in themselves, a type of entertaining narcissistic appendage to the ministry of the church that makes the church attractive, relevant and worth revisiting. Today, they are, there are a number of such brands that have created a type of standard for worship that countless other churches and ministries are desperately trying to emulate. Mm. So what Ben, I love what he did was he literally directly pointed to the narcissism that we deal with, that pride, yeah. that narcissistic, you know, the, uh, t- uh, you know, that we, the narcissism that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. He pointed to that and he was talking about the worship leaders and churches that have worship teams. And, you know, I used to play at a church that did that. Yeah. 100% of the time, we were singing songs by Hillsong, uh, Elevation Worship. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was right there with you, brother. Jesus Bethel. Culture, Bethel, yeah. you know, those types of groups. And um, they would sing literally every single song 
that they sang was from one of those one of those uh, mm-hmm. churches. And what happened is is that if you look at the lyrics of a lot of these songs, they mention Jesus literally as an appendage, yeah. as just a part of what's really happening. It's more about, and they say it's all about you, but they don't say you. They say yo, <laughs> yo. One more time. It's all about yo. I'm like, man, this is so weird. But yeah, but that's what they do. They they sing these songs and say it's all about you, but it's really not. It's really about themselves. Right. And they talk about how they worship. I worship you. Mm-hmm because of this, because of what you have done for me and mm-hmm. you've done these things for me. But instead it's like, talk about who God is, right? Talk about who God is and why it's important mm-hmm. that God is who he is. Yeah. Great is thy faithfulness. Mm-hmm. It's not talking about your, your faithfulness for me. It's talking about how you are, whether yeah. I'm here or not, you were faithful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Behold our God seated on his throne. Right. Come let us adore him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Like because of who he is, mm-hmm. this is our response. We're coming to adore yeah. adore him. Yeah. And that's and that's what happens is we get into this like mindset that it's all about I'm drinking the wine like that like mm-hmm. the, like the last podcast. I'm I'm drinking the the new wine mm-hmm. of Christ. What are you talking about first yeah. of all? Yeah. Or just utter falsehoods like that mm-hmm. um, that get even deeper in very common songs like you know talking to god you didn't want heaven without us so <laughs> jesus you brought heaven down that is so incorrect oh my goodness like as if god was up in heaven you know the sovereign god of the universe is up in heaven saying i'm lonely man you know i just i just want those sinful wretches up here with me because yeah. I'm so lonely and I'm not complete within myself. That's so like, <laughs> you know, it's it's giving off uh, so many false teachings just by this common music that that we sing in the contemporary church and and there's many others. Like I, I'm gonna read uh, some lyrics of this song. Go ahead, I, I'm I'm pulling up one too. Yeah, so this Which... is by uh, some people who were uh, a part of uh, I believe Bethel. Carrie Job was she a part of Bethel? Uh, probably at some point. Yeah, probably at some point. Everybody was part of Bethel at some point, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Um, So this song is called Cover the Earth. And I'm not going to even go into the verses because the verses are really, you know, I'll go into some of the verses because I think it's important. Um, But I'll start with the chorus and I'll read the second verse if we get that far. So it says, let the spirit rise up. Let it break through the walls. Notice I said it break through the walls. (laughs) The spirit isn't it. And he's rising up and breaking through the walls and beating down the doors and crashing through the windows. Now the spirit is crashing through the windows. And <laughs> cover the earth, the earth, the earth, the earth. Let the spirit rise up. So it says the same thing. And is, then the is next. This, is this the spirit of the Tasmanian devil? Like, I, which one? <laughs> I, right, best, best demo guy I've ever met. Is the, you know, he's breaking, a demolition man. That's what this that, is. Yeah. And, and then it proceeds to talk about the Holy Spirit. In verse 2 saying, bricks won't hold it in, lies won't hold it down, love won't let it out, and we will let and we will let it drown. The darkness, the fears, and brokenness, can you feel it now? Let it cover you. And then back, it's like, this is not anything to do with scripture. This isn't anything to do with Christ. It's not anything to do with the Holy Spirit, Mm-mm. though it's claiming to be about the Holy Spirit. And 
being so blasphemous. Like, this is such an offense to refer to the Holy Spirit as it mm-hmm. and to do that so much. Like, right. it's like... Um, the creator that it allowed you to even sit there and write the lyrics. Yeah. You know, you're referring to it as an it. Yeah. So uh, this this song is one of the songs that was so controversial, completely controversial. Uh Hear the lyrics. Before I spoke a word, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Mm-hmm. Before I took a breath, you breathed life in me. That's all you about. have been so, so good to me. And here it is. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Mm. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found leaves the 99 and I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Now, that's a song called Reckless Love, obviously. And this song um, was, you know, one of those songs that when, and this was recent. I mean, I don't remember when the song was written. Corey uh, Asbury actually wrote Mm -hmm. the song. And my wife was, extremely it was 2018 but that was when that wasn't when it was when it was released it's mm. like maybe three years ago uh another uh another person that um uh that sang the song that Corey asbury gave the song to she was singing and beverly was all into this this girl i can't even remember her name it, it doesn't matter but what happened was this person was this lady was Stephanie Gretzinger. That's yeah. her name. Yeah. Um, she, you know, sit there and she'd worship this little teeny lady would sit there and sing these songs. And like this song was like the one there's no shadow. You won't light up mountain. You won't climb up coming after me. Repeat that about 25 times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. because it won't it won't sink into your brain. Turn the lights down low. Bring out the fireworks. <laughs> the smoke has to the smoke has to, you know, emanate and a couple and, drummers rise up from the stage yeah. <laughs> or float from the stage. Yeah, either one. The stage. But it's like yeah. it's, it's like the lyrics literally are talking about what God has done for you mm-hmm. versus what God has done and your response to it. Mm-hmm. Like that is. Excuse me. That really is the the quintessential way for you to realize, mm-hmm. and 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 this is that's just to make sure. I'm going to read you um, uh, lyrics from a song that is actually a great song, and I just mentioned it. Um, Greatest thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions; they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Amen. Great is your faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. It has nothing to do with what we have, what we have done. Right. But we're talking about what God has done mm-hmm. uh, and who He is. He is faithful, yeah. and. Yeah, it says unto me, but it's not like a, you know, I prompted it. You know, you're right. not coming after me. You're faithful to me because you really should be taking me out because of my sin. Yeah. That's really what yeah. real you gotta worship look at is the about. Su- the subject of what is being sung about. Right. And, you know, it's pretty easy to identify mm-hmm. when the subject is about God or if it's about man. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you have to say, is this truthful? Like, is this actually like... Is this true? If there's anything said about me, is this true? Like, mm-hmm. or this 
it it ought to be centered around God totally. Um, and is if this is about God, is this true? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song that is very popular um, by Upper Room Music um, oh, that I remember like when this song like came out, all the contemporary churches were going nuts. <laughs> and I think in total, um, I think there's like 14 or I, I can count uh, somewhere in like 14 to like 20 words in the song. Wow. But it's like several minutes long <laughs> and it's like, it's like two choruses that's matched matched up together. And so I'll just read it to you. It wouldn't take long anyway. <laughs> so this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. What? It says that another three times. I'm not going to say it another three times. That's ridiculous. And then it goes into another chorus type thing. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And over and over and over and over and over again. It's ridiculous. And we're talking about like when this was recorded. I want to see how long the recording was. Like I think like seven minutes or something. Mm. Like, dude, like it's like 15 words. And what is this about? Mm-hmm. This is how I fight my battles. How do you fight your battles? What What are you doing? <laughs> You're in here with a bunch of Christians singing a goofy song that's not about God. Like, that's weird. <laughs> like, that's not helpful at all. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna counter yeah. that song with another the lyrics to another song. Mm-hmm. Here it is. In I'm Christ, glad you're doing that. I'm so glad you're doing it. <laughs> in that. Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Mm-hmm. And my favorite verse right here. Oh, man, I, I don't know if I can read this without tearing up. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me from life's first cry to final breath. Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand. Man, those are the types of lyrics that just make you reflect on like who God is and what what God has done. And it's not about me. It's not about what I have actually done. Or, you know, like what I've because what I've done is I, c- I can do nothing but add my my sin. Yeah. You know, I could do nothing but add my guilt you got to your filthy rags. That's to it. Give. That's yeah. all I have to give. But, you know, this is and, and what I just mentioned earlier in the other verse in Christ alone who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe. Like, you know, oh my goodness, it's yeah. really sorry, man. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. That's yeah. uh Yeah. Those those lyrics are not. <laughs> to be just read you know just just randomly but sorry <laughs> that's dangerous <laughs> it, it is very dangerous but and, no it's that's that's so good and um it's this is just so so important and mm-hmm. so critical like you know worship is not merely music it's it's our life um so how we worship god is not totally dictated by the music that we sing as a congregation or individually. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we come together as a congregation and we sing to the Lord and we sing together uh, praises to our God, we should take that incredibly seriously. Yeah. Just like how when we approach the word, we should do it with an eye to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Not, and, and we should have a very humbled view of ourselves yeah. to know that we are 
flesh that is prone to error, mm-hmm. and we need to constantly be corrected. We need to constantly be uh, holding to the vine. We're branches. We cannot be separated from the vine. Um, and yeah, it just it just brings to light how severe um, the gathering is of believers oh, and how man. severe it is to to walk with the Lord. Like we don't understand how great of a privilege it is to mm-hmm. be a Christian. Yeah. Like to know this God who we are speaking of mm-hmm. is insane. And so that's why observing the word of faith movement, identifying this is so important, but it's also incredibly sad and frustrating to see people who are adulterating the word of God and treating the gathering of believers like a circus. Yeah. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and and it's and the circus is a great term because it's it's not a it's not a uh, a thing that you it's not a uh, an event that you go to and you're humbled mm. and you learn it's you know a circus is something that you're entertained mm-hmm. and it's an event that you go to that you're like oh this is great i feel good after this and you know that's it those feelings it's a memory more than it's a call to you know, to, to work and to, to, yeah. to, to get into that gym, the gymnazo, the train, mm-hmm. you know, that part of it. And, um, here, here's a quote from, uh, here's a quote from another book that I definitely recommend John MacArthur, the gospel according to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> this is, this is awesome. Um, it literally is just talking about the experience. Real salvation is not only justification, it cannot be isolated from regeneration, sanctification, and ultimately glorification. Mm-hmm. Salvation is the work of God through which we are conformed to the image of his son, Romans eight twenty nine and uh, thirteen eleven. Genuine assurance comes from seeing the Holy Spirit's transforming work in one's life, not from clinging to the memory of some experience. Mm-hmm. And that circus, that's the perfect word. Yeah. The charismania, the charismatic church is really a circus. Yeah. The modern church is what you, you, what we can also say as well. It's just a circus. You're going there for the, the purpose of uh, an emotional feeling, uh, uh, some type of, you know, feeling of, of, uh, of satisfaction versus being satisfied with Christ and him humbling you and him breaking you and 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 feeling that pain now so that you know as john MacArthur said ultimately glorification uh, getting that glorification later because it's really more about getting the car getting the clothes getting the fame and all that stuff now right and not getting it later which is tragic because you know right now (laughs) what can we have a car that is, that's going it's going to need an oil change it's going to yeah. break down clothes that you know if you don't have some type of cedar in your in your closet <laughs> a, a moth is probably going to come and eat it up yeah and then know. that cedar is going to you know deteriorate and rot eventually right <laughs> a, a body that you know it will will break down eventually you know i know that firsthand yeah. you know you you have all these things that you literally and then when you die you leave them yeah. Like you leave them. It's like, why chase those things when you can be chasing Christ right now to get yeah. the joy of Christ, which is that duty and that delight, the duty of 
training yourself to godliness and the delight of delighting yourself in Christ. Why do that's way better now. You like you are literally winning twice. Right. Even though it feels like you are losing with the the, uh, it feels like it sometimes with the the suffering that you have uh, in this life, you're going to get suffering either way. You're going to get suffering whether you are following Christ or not. There's always Mm going to be that. But then you're going to suffer later as well if you're not suffering uh, for Christ or or in view of what Christ will do with the glorification. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely, man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The um, the word of faith movement. um, Sorry, I totally like I was just. I was in it with you. <laughs> I was I was thinking of something, then you dropped it off, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> we woke up early this morning. You had Shepherd's Institute this morning, right? I didn't, I didn't oh, do okay. Shepherd's Institute. Gosh. You know why? Because I didn't know what was going on. That's the yeah. first thing. <laughs> I, I must have missed the emails or something because yeah. I have been – work has just been crazy mm-hmm. for me. So it's like yeah. working, trying to you know be a leader in my mm-hmm. own home, yeah. And then the podcast and everything, man, Ooh. it's just it's just been like, all right, yeah, I really want to do the Shepherds Institute, but I might have to just like, you know, wait until the next the next go round so yeah. that because I don't want to just get into it and you know kind of drop out halfway yeah. or you know something like that. So you know, yeah. we'll see. I'm at, we'll see. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, right there with you. So it's, I'm excited it's, for it, but it'll come in due time. Yeah. It's it's what I it's what I need though. Like I know that I need it right now, but yeah, yeah. I just don't want to um to do that. But here's what I'll do as we're closing off uh here. This is what I'm going to do here. Um I want to read this scripture and I want this to be the scripture that you all kind of take with you mm-hmm. um and and remember. Um I'll say it this way. First of all, the charismatic church is really pointing to themselves. It's the pride of life that they are uh, rejoicing in. God has a different plan for us, and it's literally for us to do this. First uh, Timothy chapter four, verse seven, uh, having nothing to do with irrelevant, silly myths, rather training yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value uh, every way in every way, it holds promises for the present life and also for the life to come. Mm. The present life right now, a lot of people want to chase the promises of, you know, this 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 wealth and money coming to them and all these things. When Christ is literally saying uh, it holds promise for this present life. So training yourself to godliness, mm-hmm. it does. It gives you that duty and delight, that yeah. joy. That's what that joy is. But it's not a joy that's uh, that comes from what you have, mm-hmm. but literally a joy from what you were going to receive. Yeah, it's a future, future glorification, a, a future. Uh, uh, I would I would say exaltation. You know, a, a future. Uh, um, you know, later when when God decides to glorify us uh, later, not mm-hmm. now, because you know we do it. <laughs> we do enough glorification for ourselves now. Uh, with our with our our uh, our bad theology of trying to <laughs> you know put ourselves on a pedestal and everything like right. that, but you got something that you want to want to leave yeah, us with as well. Yeah. So two two things before we close off. Um, so just some scriptures that we were going into this morning uh, with uh, the men's Bible study, First uh, Timothy six six. Um, but godliness actually is a means of great gain when mm-hmm. accompanied by contentment. Yeah, this uh, the commentary that MacArthur provides in the MacArthur Study Bible 
says the Greek word for contentment here uh, is similar to self-sufficiency and was used by Stoic philosophers to describe a person who was unflappable and unmoved by external circumstances. Hmm. Christians are to be satisfied and sufficient and not to seek for more than what God has already given them. He is the source of true contentment. The last thing I want to share is from Mark chapter 8. Just going back to where where we were talking Mm -hmm. uh, in the previous podcast um, of just where we've been in Mark as a church. Um, uh, So Mark chapter 8, verse 35, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life uh, for my sake and the gospels will save it. For Mm -hmm. what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Mm. my my brain went back to what i was thinking before it completely fell out earlier mm-hmm. why would we ever want to settle for the temporal things of this world when mm-hmm. we have an eternal hope yep i feel so bad for those who are in the word of faith movement who are uh, indoctrinated to believe that the best things that you could ever receive are right here and right now mm-hmm and that you should live for those things and you sacrifice for those things, you you diligently work for those things and you ignore the eternal blessings that um, could come mm-hmm. if they would turn from their sins, repent, um, that they would deny themselves, put off their flesh, follow after Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so, so glad that the gospel, I'm so glad that, that Christ uh, did not come for temporal blessings in our life right now yeah that'd be very that would be a dooming gospel yeah definitely definitely and speaking of the gospel we're gonna uh do the gospel right here but let me end uh by thanking you all for listening to the podcast today we appreciate you all tuning in and also um if you have any questions please email us at the truth talks podcast at gmail.com also you can leave us a voicemail at 612-88-TRUTH and for the for the Solar Brother Podcast, it's uh, Solar Brother at Gmail, Solar Brother Podcast at Gmail.com. And uh, we'd appreciate you all leaving a five star review on both of the podcasts as well. Thank you all for tuning in. And here is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Until next time, love, peace, and solar. Solar Brother. The Gospel of Jesus Christ, it all starts with God. God is holy. He is all high above all men and he is the ultimate set apart being that sits in the heaven and does what he pleases he is the creator and he cannot be near sin the sin or missing the mark the wrong we do that's where we come in because we are sinful creatures and as we cannot be near god we cannot see him neither can we go to heaven when we die. As a matter of fact, we are so opposite of God's holiness, our sin deserves his wrath and we deserve to go to hell. We deserve to die for our sins, which makes us helpless and it's really what we deserve. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. But it all makes sense, right? We have done many bad things and the old saying, you do the crime, you do the time. Fits here, correct? 
Even the good that we do can't cover for our bad. It's all seen the same way in God's eyes. He calls our deeds, our good deeds, filthy rags. One-time use bloody rags. That's our good deeds. So imagine our bad deeds. We are wretched, lost at sea. And nothing we can do can make us good enough to stand next to a holy God. Well, that is, no one but God. That's where Jesus steps up on the scene. He came to earth without fanfare, though he is a king and deserves all of it. He, a part of the Godhead, decided to make himself a baby, dependent on another person for everything. Imagine the holy God condescending to purpose two things, living the perfect life for us and dying the death that we deserved. Because of our sin, we deserve death. But because of Jesus living the perfect life on earth, he deserved life. But he chose death. Why? Because only a holy God could live perfectly and stand in our place of execution. So not only did he die for our horrible deeds, he also lived the perfect life in our place because we certainly cannot. Now we have a choice. We can hear this good news and either accept it, turn from our sin and toward the Christ and accept his free gift. That same scripture in Romans I mentioned has a second part of that verse. Here's the whole thing. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we leave this earth from our physical bodies, we stand at the judgment throne of God with our spiritual bodies. At that point, we are judged on what we did. Did we accept the easy way to live or the difficult way to live? Imagine there are two roads in front of you, a fork in the road, if you will. One side has a smoothed out path, no bumps, and the dirt is packed down for a smooth journey. Very wide road and a comfortable, easy walk. You can easily see the end of that road. And it is a cliff that falls into what can only be described as an abyss. There is no way around it. It is certain death. The other path is rocky and hard to walk. Very narrow and it goes uphill, just adding to the difficulty. You can see the end of that path. It leads to a place of peace, a long ways away and a very bright light at the top of the hill. And there is a cross. Most people will choose the easy path, a few the hard path. The question is, which will you choose? I implore you to turn away from the easy path and choose the hard way. Or, in, in other words, repent and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This same Lord is Lord over all, and whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.13 Saved from what? I'm glad you asked. Saved from God's wrath and judgment. Ultimately, saved from our sin that so easily entangles and this choice is yours to reject these words and choose the easy path or repent and believe 
and choose the path that will be hard now, but brings life later. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast and visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.